chapters twenty-nine and thirty of the pawn's count by e phillips oppenheim this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by tom weiss chapter twenty-nine at five and twenty minutes past eight that evening lutchester who was waiting in the entrance hall of the ritz carlton became just a little restless at half-past his absorption in an evening paper, over the top of which he looked at every newcomer, was almost farcical. At five-and-twenty to nine Pamela arrived. He advanced down the lounge to meet her. Her face was inscrutable, her smile conventional. Yet she had come. He looked over his shoulder towards the men's coat-room. "'Your brother? I sent Jim to his club,' she said. "'I want to have a confidential talk with you, Mr. Lutchester.' i am very flattered he told her with real earnestness she vanished for a few moments into the cloakroom and reappeared a radiant vision in deep blue silk her hair was gathered in a coil at the top of her head and surmounted with an ornament of pearls you are looking at my headdress she remarked as they walked into the room it is the style you admire is it not he murmured something vague but he knew that he was forgiven they were ushered to their places by a portly maitre d'hôtel, and she approved of his table. It was set almost in an alcove, and was partially hidden from the other diners. "'Is this seclusion vanity or flattery?' "'As a matter of fact, it is rather a popular table,' he told her. "'We have an excellent view of the room, and yet one can talk here without being disturbed.' "'To talk to you is exactly what I wish to do,' she said as they took their places. "'We commence, if you please, with the question.' Mr. Fisher thought that he had that formula, and he hasn't. I could have sworn that it was in my possession, and it isn't. Where is it? I took it to the war office before I left England, he told her simply. They will have the first few tons of the stuff ready next month. You, she cried. But where did you get it? I happened to be first, that's all, he explained. You see, I had the advantage of a little inside information. I could have exposed the whole affair if I thought it wise. I preferred, however, to let matters take their course. Young Graham deserved all he got there, and I made sure of being the first to go through his papers. I'm afraid I must confess that I left a bogus formula for you. I had begun to suspect this, Pamela confessed. You don't mind being put into the witness box, do you? she added, as she pushed aside the menu with a little sigh of satisfaction. How wonderfully you order an American dinner! "'I am so glad I have chosen what you like,' he said, "'and as to being in the witness-box, "'well, I am going to place myself in the confessional, "'and that is very much the same thing, isn't it?' "'To begin at the beginning, then, about that destroyer.' "'My mission over here was really important,' he admitted. "'I couldn't catch the Laplin, so the Admiralty sent me over.' "'And your golf with Senator Hamblin. "'It wasn't altogether by accident you met him down at Baltistral, was it? It was not, he confessed. I had reason to suspect that certain proposals from Berlin were to be put forward to the President, either through his or Senator Hastings' mediation. There were certain facts in connection with them which I desired to be the first to lay before the authorities. She looked around the room and recognized some of her friends. For some reason or other she felt remarkably light-hearted. For a poor vanquished woman, she observed, turning back to Lutchester. I feel extraordinarily gay tonight. Tell me some more. He bowed. Mademoiselle Sonia, he proceeded, has been a friend of mine since she sang in the cafes of Budapest. 
I dined with her, however, because it had come to my knowledge that she was behaving in a very foolish manner. Pamela nodded understandingly. She was the friend of Count Maurice Zadusky, wasn't she? She is no longer, Lutchester replied. She sailed for France this morning without seeing him. She has remembered that she is a Frenchwoman. It was you who reminded her. Love so easily makes people forget, he said and I think that Sonia was very fond of Maurice Zadusky. She is a thoughtless, passionate woman, easily swayed through her affections, and she had no idea of the evil she was doing. So that disposes of Sonia, Pamela reflected. Sonia was only an interlude, Lutchester declared. She really doesn't come into this affair at all. The one person who does come into it, whom you and I must speak of, is Fisher. A most interesting man, Pamela sighed. I really think his wife would have a most exciting life. She would, Lutchester agreed. She'd probably be allowed to visit him once every fourteen days in the care of a warder. Spite, Pamela exclaimed, with a suspicious little quiver at the corner of her lips. Lutchester shook his head. Fisher is too near the end of his rope for me to feel spiteful, he said, though I am quite prepared to grant that he may be capable of considerable mischief yet. A man who has the sublime effrontery to attempt to come to an agreement with two countries, each behind the other's back, is a little more than Machiavellian, isn't he? Is that true of Mr. Fisher? Absolutely, Lutchester assured her. He is over here for the purpose of somehow or other making it known informally in Washington that Germany would be willing to pledge herself to an alliance with America against Japan after the war if America will alter her view as to the export of munitions to the Allies. "'Well, that's a reasonable proposition, isn't it, from his point of view?' Pamela remarked. "'It may not be a very agreeable one from yours, but it is certainly one which he has a right to make.' "'Entirely,' Lutchester agreed. "'But where he goes wrong is that his primary objective in coming here was to meet the chief of the Japanese Secret Service, to whom he has made a proposal of precisely similar character.' Pamela set down her glass. "'You are not in earnest.' "'Absolutely.' Nikasti? Precisely. He came all the way from Japan to confer with Fisher. Probably, if we knew the whole truth, those rooms at the Plaza Hotel and the social partnership of your brother and Fisher were arranged for no other reason than to provide a safe personality for Nikasti in this country, and a safe place for him to talk things over with Fisher. Mr. Fisher was paying nearly the whole of the expenses of the Plaza Suite, Pamela observed thoughtfully. Naturally, Lutchester replied. Your brother's name was a good safe name to get behind. But to conclude with our friend Nikasti, he is supposed to leave New York next Saturday, and to carry to the Emperor of Japan an autographed letter from a nameless person, promising him, if Japan will cease the export of munitions to Russia, the aid of Germany in her impending campaign against America. An autographed letter, did you say? Pamela almost gasped. An autographed letter, Lutchester repeated firmly. Now, don't you agree with me that Fisher's game is just a little too daring? It is preposterous, she cried. I have a theory, Lutchester continued, that Fisher was never intended to use more than one of these letters. It was intended that he should study the situation here, approach one side, and, if unsuccessful, try the other. Fisher, however, conceived a more magnificent idea. He seems to be trying both at the same time. It is the sublime egotism of the Teutonic mind. It is monstrous, Pamela exclaimed indignantly. 
"'It is almost as monstrous,' Lutchester agreed, "'as his daring to raise his eyes to you. "'Although, so far as you are concerned, "'I believe that he is as honest as the man knows how to be.' "'And why?' she asked. "'Do you credit him with so much good faith?' "'Because,' Lutchester replied, "'if he had not been actuated by personal motives, "'he would never have sought you out as an intermediary. "'There are other sources open to him "'by means of which he could make equally sure "'of reaching the President's ear. "'His idea was to impress you. "'It was foolish, but natural.' "'Pamela was deep in thought. "'There was an angry spot of color burning in her cheek. "'Do you mean to tell me, Mr. Lutchester,' she persisted, "'that this afternoon, say, when every appearance of earnestness "'he was begging me to put these propositions before my uncle, "'he had really made precisely similar overtures to Japan?' "'I give you my word that that is the truth,' Lutchester assured her solemnly. "'She looked at him with something like wonder in her eyes. "'But you,' she exclaimed, "'how do you know this? How can you be sure of it? "'I have seen the autograph letter which Nikasti has in his possession,' he announced. "'You mean that Mr. Fisher showed it to you?' she exclaimed incredulously. Lutchester hesitated. "'There are methods,' he said, "'which those who fight in the dark places for their country are forced sometimes to make use of. "'I have seen the letter. "'I have half convinced those who represent Japan in this matter of Fisher's duplicity. "'With your help I am hoping wholly to do so.' Pamela leaned for a moment back in her chair. "'Really,' she declared, "'I am beginning to have the feeling that I am living almost too rapidly. Let us have a breathing spell. I wonder what all these other people are talking about.' "'Probably,' he suggested, with a little glance around, "'about themselves. We will follow their example. Will you marry me, please, Miss Van Tail?' "'We haven't even come to the ice yet,' she sighed and you pass from high politics to flagrant personalities. Are you a sensationalist, Mr. Lutchester? Not in the least, he protested. I simply asked you an extremely important question quite calmly. It isn't a question that should be asked calmly, she objected. I have immense self-control, he told her. But if you'd like me to abandon it— For heaven's sake, no, she interrupted. Tell me more about Mr. Fisher. "'You won't forget to answer my little question later on, will you?' he begged. "'To proceed, then. I spent some little time this afternoon with your chief of police here, and I fancy that the person you speak of is becoming a little too blatant even for a broad-minded country like this. He belongs to an informal company of wealthy sympathizers with Germany, who propose to start a campaign of destruction at all the factories manufacturing munitions for the Allies.' They have put aside, I believe it is, several million dollars, for purposes of bribery. They don't seem to realize, as my friend pointed out to me this afternoon, that the days for this sort of thing in New York have passed. Some of them will be in prison before they know where they are. "'Exactly why did you come to America?' she asked a little abruptly. "'To meet Nikasti and to look after Fisher.' "'Well, you seem to have done that pretty effectually.' Also, he went on calmly, to keep an eye upon you. Professionally? You ask me to give away too many secrets, he whispered, leaning towards her. She made a little grimace. Tell me some more about your little adventure in Fifth Avenue, she begged. He smiled grimly. You wouldn't believe me, he reminded her, but it really was one of Fisher's little jokes. It very nearly came off, too. As a matter of fact, he went on, Fisher isn't really clever.' 
he is too obstinate, too convinced in his own mind that things must go the way he wants them to, that fate is the servant of his will. It's a sort of national trait, you know, very much like the way we English bury our heads in the sand when we hear unpleasant truths. The last thing Fisher wants is advertisement, and yet he goes to some of his Fourteenth Street friends and unearths a popular desperado to get rid of me. The fellow happens most unexpectedly to fail, and now Fisher has to face a good many awkward questions and a good deal of notoriety. No, I don't think Fisher is really clever. Pamela sighed. In that case, I suppose I shall have to say no to him, she decided. After waiting all this time, I couldn't bear to be married to a fool. You won't be, he assured her cheerfully. More British arrogance, she murmured. Now see what's going to happen to us. A tall elderly man, with smooth white hair plastered over his forehead, very precisely dressed, and with a gait so careful as to be almost mincing, was approaching their table. Pamela held out her hands. "'My dear uncle,' she exclaimed, "'and I thought that you and Aunt never dined at restaurants.' Mr. Hastings stood with his fingers resting lightly upon the table. He glanced at Lutchester without apparent recognition. "'You remember Mr. Lutchester?' Pamela murmured. Mr. Hastings' manner lacked the true American cordiality, but he hastened to extend his hand. "'Of course,' he declared. "'I was not fortunate enough, however, to see much of you the other evening, Mr. Lutchester. We have several mutual friends whom I should be glad to hear about. I shall pay my respects to Mrs. Hastings, if I may, very shortly,' Lutchester promised. "'Are you with friends here, uncle?' Pamela inquired. "'We are the guests of Mr. Oscar Fisher,' the senator announced. Pamela raised her eyebrows. "'So you know Mr. Fisher, uncle?' "'Naturally,' Mr. Hastings replied with some dignity. "'Oscar Fisher is one of the most important men in the state which I represent. He is a man of great wealth and industry, and immense influence.' Pamela made a little grimace. Her uncle noticed it and frowned. "'He has just been telling us of his voyage with you, Pamela. Perhaps if Mr. Lutchester can spare you,' he went on, with a little bow across the table, "'you will come and take your coffee with us. Your aunt is leaving for Washington, probably tomorrow.' and wishes to arrange for you to travel with her. Mr. Lutchester may also, perhaps, give us the pleasure of his company for a few minutes, he added, after a slight but obvious pause. Thank you, Pamela answered quickly. I am Mr. Lutchester's guest this evening. If you are still here, I shall love to come and speak to Aunt for a moment later on. If not, I will ring up tomorrow morning. The bland, almost episcopal serenity of Senator Hastings' face was somewhat disturbed. It was obvious that the situation displeased him. "'I think, Pamela,' he said, "'that you had better come and speak to your aunt before you leave.' His bow to Lutchester was the bow of a politician to an adversary. He made his way back in leisurely fashion to the table from which he had come, exchanging a few words with many acquaintances. Pamela watched him with a twinkle in her eyes. "'I am becoming so unpopular,' she murmured. "'I can read in my uncle's tone that my aunt and he disapprove of our dining together here, and as for Mr. Fisher, I'm afraid he'll break off our prospective alliance. Lutchester smiled. Prospective is the only word to use, he observed. By the by, are you particularly fond of your uncle? Not riotlessly, she admitted. He has been kind to me once or twice, but he's rather a starchy old person. In that case, Lutchester decided, we won't interfere. End of chapter 29 Chapter 30 
Fisher had by no means the appearance of a discomfited man that evening, when some time later Pamela and Lutchester approached the little group of which he seemed somehow to have become the central figure. It was a small party, but in its way a distinguished one. Pamela's aunt was a member of an historic American family, and a woman of great social position, not only in New York but in Washington itself. Of the remaining guests one was a financial magnate of worldwide fame, and the other, Senator Joyce, a politician of such eminence that his name was freely mentioned as a possible future president. Mrs. Hastings greeted Pamela and her escort without enthusiasm. "'My dear child,' she exclaimed, "'how extraordinary to find you here!' "'Is it?' Pamela observed indifferently. "'You know Mr. Lutchester, don't you, Aunt?' Mrs. Hastings remembered her late dinner guest, but her recognition was icy and barely polite. She turned away at once and resumed her conversation with Fisher. Lutchester was not introduced to either of the other members of the party. He laid his hand on the back of an empty chair and turned it round for Pamela, but she stopped him with a word of thanks. Something had gone from her own naturally pleasant tone. She held her hand higher even than her aunt's as she turned a little insistently towards her. "'So sorry, aunt,' she announced, "'but we are going now. Good night.' Mrs. Hastings disapproved. "'We have seen nothing of you yet, Pamela,' she said stiffly. "'You had better stay with us, and we will drop you on our way home.' Pamela shook her head. "'I am coming with you tomorrow, you know,' she reminded her aunt. "'Tonight I am Mr. Lutchester's guest, and he will see me home.' Mrs. Hastings drew her niece a little closer to her. "'Is this part of your European manners, Pamela?' she whispered. "'That you dine alone in a restaurant with an acquaintance? Let me tell you frankly that I dislike the idea most heartily. My chaperonage is always at your service, and any girl of your age in America would be delighted to avail herself of it.' "'It is very kind of you, Aunt,' Pamela replied. "'But in a general way I finished with chaperones long ago.' "'Where is Jimmy?' Mrs. Hastings inquired. "'He was coming with us to-night.' Pamela explained, but I asked him particularly to stay away. I have seen so little of Mr. Lutchester since he arrived, and I want to talk to him. The financial magnate awoke from a comatose inertia and suddenly gripped Lutchester by the hand. Lutchester, he repeated to himself, I thought I knew your face. Stay with your uncle down at Monte Carlo once. You came there for a week. Lutchester acknowledged his recollection of the fact and the two men exchanged a few commonplace remarks. Mrs. Hastings took the opportunity to try and induce Pamela to converse with Fisher. "'We have all been so interested tonight,' she said, "'in hearing what Mr. Fisher has to say about the situation on the other side.' Pamela was primed for combat. "'Has Mr. Fisher been telling you fairy tales?' she laughed. "'Fairy tales,' her aunt repeated severely. "'I don't understand.' Fisher's steel-gray eyes flashed behind his spectacles. I'm afraid that Miss Van Tail's prejudices, he observed bitterly, are very firmly fixed. Then she is no true American, Mrs. Hastings pronounced didactically. Oh, I can assure you that I am not prejudiced, Pamela declared. Only, you see, I too have just arrived from the other side, and I have been able to use my own eyes and judgment. If there is any prejudice in the matter, why should it not come from Mr. Fisher? He has the very good excuse of his German birth. "'Mr. Fisher is an American citizen,' Mrs. Hastings reminded her niece, "'and personally I think that the American of German birth is one of the most loyal and long-suffering persons I know. I cannot say as much for the English people who are living over here. 
and as to fairy tales pamela intervened turning towards fisher with a little laugh oh he can't deny those what about the great german victory in the north sea mr fisher do you happen to have seen the latest telegrams our first reports were perhaps a little too glowing mr fisher acknowledged that under the circumstances is i think only natural but the facts remain that the invincible english and the untried german fleets have met to the advantage of the german pamela shook her head i cannot even allow that she objected the advantage if there was any rested on the other side but i just want you to remember what we were told in that first wonderful outpouring of fabricated news that the naval supremacy of england was gone for ever that the freedom of the seas was assured that german merchant vessels were steaming home from all directions no mr fisher between ourselves i think that your cause needs a few fairy stories and i look upon you as one of the greatest experts in the world when it comes to concocting them fisher who had risen to his feet halfway through pamela's speech was obviously a little taken aback by her direct attack mrs hastings took no pains to conceal her annoyance for a young girl of your age pamela she said sternly i consider that you express your opinions far too freely your attitude too is unjustifiable ah well you see i am a little prejudiced against mr fisher pamela laughed turning towards him he happened to defeat one of my pet schemes but i am ready to further your dearest one he reminded her dropping his voice and leading her a little to one side what about our alliance you scarcely need my aid she observed with a shrug of the shoulders he remonstrated vigorously there was a revived hopefulness in his tone perhaps after all here was the secret of her displeasure with him you wonder perhaps to see me with your uncle i give you my word that it is a dinner of courtesy only i give you my word that i have not opened my lips on political matters i have been waiting for your answer i have lost faith in you she spoke calmly i am not even certain that you possess the authority you spoke of if that is all he replied eagerly you shall see it with your own eyes you are staying with your uncle and aunt in washington are you not i shall call upon you immediately i arrive and bring it with you she nodded well that remains a challenge then mr fisher and now if you are quite ready she added turning to lutchester good-bye everybody aren't your ears burning pamela asked after lutchester had handed her into a taxicab and taken his place by her side i can absolutely feel them talking about us i seem to be most regrettably unpopular lutchester remarked even now i am puzzled about that pamela confessed but you see my aunt considers herself the arbitress of what is right and wrong in social matters and she is exceedingly narrow-minded in her eyes it is no doubt a greater misdemeanor for me to have dined at the ritz carlton alone with you than if i had conspired against the government and this i thought was the land of freedom for your sex ah but my aunt is rather an exception pamela reminded him the one thing i cannot understand however is that she should have allowed herself to be seen dining with mr oscar fisher at the ritz carlton i should have thought that would have been almost as heinous to her as my own little slip from grace is your aunt by way of being interested in politics lutchester inquired not in a general way pamela replied but she is intensely ambitious and she'd give her soul if uncle theodore could get a nomination for the presidency perhaps she is taking up the german-american cause then lutchester suggested it is a possible platform at any rate 
"'I foresee a new party,' Pamela murmured thoughtfully. "'Now I come to think of it, Mr. Ellsworthy, the fat old gentleman who knew your uncle, is very pro-German.' He leaned towards her. "'We have had enough politics,' he insisted. "'There is the one other thing. Couldn't I have my answer?' She let him take her fingers. In the cool darkness through which they were rushing her face seemed white, her head was a little averted. He tried to draw her to him, but she was unyielding. "'Please not,' she begged. "'I like you, and I'm glad I like you,' she added. "'But I don't feel certain about anything. Couldn't we just be friends a little longer?' "'It must be as you say, but I am horribly in love with you,' he confessed. "'That may sound rather a bald way of saying so, but it's the truth, Pamela dear.' His clasp upon her fingers was tightened. She turned towards him. Her expression was serious but delightful. "'Now let me tell you this much, at least,' she confided. "'I have never before in my life been so glad to hear anyone say so. And here we are at home, and there's Jimmy on the doorstep. What is it, Jimmy?' she asked, waving her hand. He came down towards her in a state of great excitement. "'Say, we've had to open up the office again,' he exclaimed. "'The telegrams are rolling in now. That so-called German naval victory was a fake. The Britishers came out right on top. You know you stand to net at least half a million, Mr. Lutchester. The worst of it is I have another client who's going to lose it. Pamela shook her head at Lutchester. The possibility of increased responsibilities, he whispered. A married man needs something to fall back upon. End of chapter 30. Recording by Tom Weiss. Tom's Audiobooks. Dot com.